Welcome to the Destiny Youth Podcast. Destiny Youth is the youth ministry of Destiny Church based in Glasgow. Thanks for listening. I'm Lauren, if we have not yet met. I'm one of the youth leaders here. And we've been in a series uh, this month on the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going to be continuing that series tonight. And the fruit of the Spirit we're going to be talking about tonight is faithfulness. And so I love that song, Promises, by Maverick City. Um, I asked Ian to play it before we went into this message because I love that lyric, great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. I feel like this has just been the lyric that God has put on my heart for this entire year. Just how good and how faithful he is. So when we think about this word faithfulness, what are some of the things you guys think of when you hear the word faithfulness? Shout them out. Trust? Any others? Any other thoughts on faithfulness? God's love? That's a good one. Loyalty, yeah, that's what I think of too. What about you? Belief? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think these are all great words that go with faithfulness. I looked up the Oxford Dictionary definition of faithfulness, and it says remaining loyal and steadfast or true to the facts or the origins. And I thought, this seems like a pretty good definition of faithfulness to me. When I think of faithfulness, I think of being true, being loyal. Now, when we think about God's faithfulness, what does God's faithfulness look like to us? What do you guys think? He keeps his promises. Yeah. What else does God's faithfulness look like to us? He's always there. When I was thinking about God's faithfulness, there are a few scriptures that he put on my heart. The first one was Psalm 119.90. It says, your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. And I love this verse because it talks about how his faithfulness continues through all generations. It's not that he was faithful or he will be faithful. It's that he is faithful. From the beginning of time, until the end of time, he is faithful. And I also, I think just being a scientist, I love the earth and everything on it. And I just love this idea that the Lord established the earth. And what a beautiful thing it is, because we get to experience the earth every single day. I also think of First first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. And I love this verse because that's exactly what I think of when I think of the faithfulness of the Lord. What he says, he will do. That, I think, is such a good example of God's faithfulness. What he says, he will do. Now, in my experience, it's not always been exactly done in the way that I expect or in the timing that I want it to be done, but everything he has said to me, he has done. 
you know, in one way or another, in different timing, different paths. But if he said it, he's done it. And I think when we look at Scripture, this theme of God's faithfulness, where he is loyal, where he does exactly what he says, continues all throughout Scripture, from the beginning to the end. And I think Jesus is actually the greatest example of God's faithfulness to us. What I think is crazy is that Isaiah actually prophesies the birth of Jesus roughly 700 years before it even happens. He prophesies that God would be with us, born to a virgin, and that he would establish a new kingdom. If we look in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary, and the name Emmanuel means God with us. All right, it's not a coincidence that Isaiah says he will be named Emmanuel because Emmanuel means God with us. And Jesus came and was with us physically on earth, which is unheard of. It's like actually ridiculous. And then in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So Jesus came, born to a virgin, and he did establish a new everlasting kingdom. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and he taught us so many things for how we can live a holy life. And then he sacrificed his life on the cross for us, establishing a new kingdom of grace. And he freed us from all of our sins. And he is now reigning over us on earth and in heaven. The Lord said it in Isaiah, and then he did it. And he actually followed through. Because, I mean, he's God, right? He could have just said, you know what, actually, I don't really want to sacrifice my son for you people. So I know I said that, but I'm going to change my mind. And instead, I'm going to do this. But that's not who God is, because God is true to his word. So if he says something, he's going to do it. And I wanted to share with you guys a little testimony on God's faithfulness to me this year. Why that lyric, Great is Your Faithfulness, I have been singing all year. So clearly, hopefully, I am pregnant. I'm not just this round all the time. Um, <laughs> so Tiger and I um, started trying to have a baby at the end of November. And... We, you know, were trying for a few months and it wasn't happening and I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling upset and felt like, you know, why is it not now? Why is this not in your plan? And I read this verse in January and I felt like God instantly, as soon as I read it, was like, Lauren, this is for you. This is my promise to you. So I'm going to read you this verse. It's Judges chapter 13, verses 6 through 7. 
Then a woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You will become pregnant and have a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. And I knew in that moment that God had promised me that I was going to become pregnant. And I also felt very clearly that he was asking me to not drink wine or any other fermented drinks. So I've not had any wine or fermented drinks since. And me being me, I was like, okay, this is how it's going to go. I'm not going to drink wine or fermented drinks, and I'm going to immediately get pregnant. This is, this is how the Lord works. <laughs> what we learned from Jen a few weeks ago on patience was that that's not how the Lord works. And instead, he blesses us with patience um, to be able to grow us and for us to learn many wonderful things. <laughs> but um, God's timing was perfect, and I did end up getting pregnant in April, and now we are excitingly awaiting baby girl's arrival. Woo! Yes! <laughs> and I actually shared this testimony with a really good friend and mentor of mine, and I told her, like, yeah, God said not to drink, and I didn't, and now I'm pregnant, which is so great. And she, she was like, uh, Lauren, that is amazing. Like, that is so great that you have, like, kept this promise to the Lord and that you are, you know, living out this word that he's given to you. But she said something really powerful to me. She was like, the beautiful thing is, even if you were not faithful and you still drink wine or fermented drinks, God is so faithful that he would have fulfilled his promise anyways because that is who God is. He is faithful and he will keep his word. And at first, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, what do you mean? No. <laughs> I did the right thing. I kept my promise. So he kept his promise. But as I started reflecting on it and thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I think she's actually right. And there's this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. It says, here is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. Listen to this part. This is crazy. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So our actions do not change the character of God, and God is a faithful God. If he has said it, he will do it. So even though I thought God's promise to me was contingent on me not drinking, like, hey, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. But the truth is, God was going to do it anyways, because he said it. And he's faithful to do the things that he says. So now I want to ask you guys, if God will be faithful, whether we're faithful or not, why would it benefit us to be faithful? Why do you guys think we should be faithful? Because we love him. Yeah, we want to show him how thankful we are for all the things that he's doing for us. To honor God, 
Cool. Do you have one? Sorry, what? Yeah, to show him that we believe him. These are great examples. And when I think about why we should be faithful, I really love the story of Ruth as an example for this. Ruth is actually one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And besides Jesus, I think she's probably my favorite character. I just really resonate with Ruth. So for those of you who have not read Ruth, I'm going to give you like a very, very brief synopsis. So basically, Ruth starts out with a little bit of a backstory about Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, and their two sons. Now, there was a famine in Bethlehem where they were living. So Elimelech took his wife and his kids, and they moved to Moab. Elimelech dies, and his sons end up marrying Moabite women, and one of those women is Ruth. Now, the sons then both die. And so what happens is that Ruth is, or Naomi, is left with just her two daughters-in-law. And what's interesting is there's actually some Bible scholars who have said that Elimelech and his son's deaths were a result of them not being faithful and staying in Bethlehem and trusting that God was going to provide for them in Bethlehem, which I think is fascinating. But that's not the point to why I'm telling this story. So anyways, Naomi is left with her two daughters-in-law, and she decides she wants to return home to Bethlehem. So she tells her daughters-in-law, go back to your families, get remarried. And one of them does. One of them goes back to her family. But the other one, Ruth, decides to go with Naomi. And Ruth says this in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. She says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Now, that is a faithful woman that she is saying to Naomi, may the Lord deal with me severely if even I die, and that's what separates us. That is some faithfulness. Okay, so Ruth, is she's faithful to Naomi, and she's faithful to what God is telling her to do, which is to go with Naomi. Now, Fast forward to the end of this story. We're going to skip the middle. (laughs) Ruth ends up marrying this guy, Boaz, who's a member of the Elimelech clan, and he's also super rich, you guys. And she ends up giving birth to a son. In Ruth chapter 4, verse 14 through 15, it says, The women say to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who's better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Now, this verse is convicting because I'm like, wow, am I better to my mother-in-law than all of her sons? I don't know. (laughs) But it's crazy, right? Because Ruth, since she was faithful to what God asked of her, Not only does Ruth benefit, because now she's remarried to this super wealthy man. She has a son. Really, as a woman in Israel at that time, that's everything you could be asking for. 
In addition to that, Naomi is also blessed because now Naomi, she came back to Bethlehem with nothing. She had no husband, no sons. She was like super broke. And so she had nothing. But now because of Ruth's faithfulness, she has a family again. She has people providing for her. She has a grandson who can help take care of her when she gets older. And so through this process of Ruth's faithfulness, not only was Ruth blessed, but Naomi was blessed. So when we are faithful to God, not only is that a blessing for us, but it can also be a blessing for others. Whereas if we decide to go our own way, we might be missing out on this opportunity to bless others. So back to this story of Tigger and I trying to start out a family. What was crazy was, at my first midwife appointment, they ask, like, oh, do you drink or, you know, smoke or whatever? And I was like, no, I actually stopped drinking in January. And she was like, that's great, because not drinking alcohol actually is better for your fertility. So that probably helped you to get pregnant quicker. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, God is so faithful that I thought he was asking me to not drink alcohol or fermented drinks because he was like, you know, focus on the spirit or whatever. Ultimately, he did that for me too. That was also to bless me, which is crazy. That's how faithful God is. And so if I hadn't been faithful to that, I would have missed out on the quickness of getting pregnant, which is crazy. And I just feel like, wow, like, the faithfulness of God is so good that even something that I thought I was doing for him, it was actually he was doing it for me. And so now that we've kind of talked about the faithfulness of God, why we should be faithful back, you might be wondering, well, how do I become more faithful, right? Like the faithfulness is a great idea, but how do you grow in faithfulness? <laughs> and when we think about this, I think we need to think about what this whole series has been about. Now, can anybody tell me, I mentioned it at the beginning, but what is the series about that we're in? Fruit of the Spirit. Exactly, fruit of the Spirit. And so if faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, how do we grow in faithfulness? We need to walk in the Spirit, right? We need the Spirit's help. And just like every other fruit of the Spirit, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to be faithful because our flesh, it's selfish. It wants to do what we want to do, and a lot of times it does not want to be faithful to what God is asking us to do because when God asks us to do something, sometimes it can be uncomfortable or it can be scary or it can be, like, frustrating. And so our flesh is like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. But if we rely on the Holy Spirit to help us, and we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us become more faithful, then he will be faithful to do that. In that song we listened to earlier, Promises by Maverick City, there was another line in it that I would sing throughout my pregnancy or throughout the season of trying to get pregnant. It says, and let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. And there was times where I would sing this joyfully, and there was times where I would sing this bawling, 
in tears because I would get a negative pregnancy test and I would be heartbroken. But I would sing that line anyways because I needed the Holy Spirit's help to believe that it was true. I didn't believe it in my heart in that moment, so I needed the Holy Spirit to help me. So there might be times where you're doubting the faithfulness of the Lord. And I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you believe in the faithfulness of the Lord. And in addition to that, (laughs) Satan, he's terrible, okay? He wants to tempt you to not be faithful. He will do everything he can to tempt you to not be faithful to something that you've told the Lord you're going to do. So for example... Ages ago, I told you guys about how I went to Dublin on St. Patrick's Day with my friends. And at this time, I had just found out I was indeed not pregnant again. And in St. Patrick's Day on Dublin, or in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day, and Satan was trying to whisper in my ear, like, did God really say you didn't need to drink? You should just have a Guinness. You should just have a whiskey. This is the time, right? Like St. Patrick's Day in Dublin, like once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And all of these lies and these doubts wanted to creep in. And I needed the Holy Spirit's help to say, no, God did tell me not to drink. And I believe in his promise. And just because I'm not pregnant doesn't mean that I shouldn't Keep that promise to the Lord because he will be faithful to keep his promise to me. And so even though it was really hard, the Holy Spirit helped me to keep that promise through all those temptations. And so when you feel like God has spoken a word over you and you're trying to live out a promise and be faithful to the Lord, Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to stay faithful. Because Satan, he doesn't want you to stay faithful. Satan wants you to break away, do what you want, because he doesn't want you to be blessed. That's the truth. But the Lord, he wants you to be blessed. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to help empower us to stay faithful to our promises to him. So as we kind of wrap up this time, I'm going to pray us out, but I just, as you go through this week, I really want you to think about and reflect on, is there anything that God has put on your heart to do, and how can you go about asking the Holy Spirit to help you to stay faithful to that thing that God has asked you to do? Heavenly Father, great is your faithfulness. When you speak a word, it will come to pass, because that is your character, You are faithful. Today, yesterday, tomorrow, and forever, you are faithful. And we're so thankful that your faithfulness does not depend on us because we are sinners, we are broken, we make mistakes, and ultimately you will still be faithful to do what you say. But I pray that each person in this room would have the opportunity to be tested in their faithfulness and to rely on your spirit to remain faithful to you so that they can experience the joy and the blessings that come from faithfulness. And if you're in this room and you're feeling like, you know, you've never heard about who God is or you 
don't have a relationship with the Lord and you'd like to learn more about having one, we would love to be praying over you. We would love to talk to you more about that. So please come and find a leader after. And my prayer for you is that you would get to experience the faithfulness of God by taking that step and making him the Lord and Savior of your life. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for you, and we are so thankful for tonight. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.